All right, all right. Who's fired up to be in the house of God this weekend? Incredible to see you. Put your spiritual seatbelt on because we're about to take a ride. Let's jet to the other side, sort of of the map. I want to show you, this is the Isthmus of Corinth. Uh, and, and we're going to be in the first letter to the Corinthian church written by the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians, and it was written then. Absolute Mediterranean, it's gorgeous. But because of its strategic location, shipping route and road route, it was a, it was a mecca of, during biblical times. And during the, the Bible times, there were, there were games called the Isthmian Games. They were very much like the Olympic Games, not quite as large, but they were like the Olympic Games that we still celebrate today. So as Paul's writing this letter to 1 Corinthians, he's using this. Now this was a big deal. These Ithmian Games were massive. Everybody knew about them in that part of the world. There were chariot racing, there was relay racing, there was boxing, there was music and poetry. There was even an ancient form of mixed martial arts. So it was a big deal. Now in that day, if you were competing in the games, you would promise to Zeus that you would for 10 months prepare your body. You'd be disciplined, you'd do everything you needed to do so that you could be ready to, to play in the games. Everyone who hears the reading of 1 Corinthians was well acquainted with the Isthmian, Isthmian games. So Paul writes, chapter nine, verse 24, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run it such a way that you may, that's why a series, all we do is win. Run it such a way that you may win. Most people do not live their lives with wanting to hear, well done. They just exist from day to day without a deliberate decision. Run that you may win. Everybody reading this got it. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They committed, they promised that they would do it. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So Paul said, you guys all know about the races, you know about the, these games. We are also in a race. We also run to win. They run the race to receive a perishable garland, a wreath that would basically dry up, become brittle and blow away. We're running our race to receive rewards and receive an imperishable wreath. Paul said, because of that, understanding that, I run in such a way as not without aim. He said, I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it a slave so that after I preach to others, I myself would not be DQ'd, disqualified for running the race. We've all seen people disqualified in Olympics or some other race because they didn't study for the test. They failed the drug test. You gotta study for those tests. And because they failed those tests, they were disqualified. So Paul said, I wanna keep running all the way to the end and I wanna win. I'm running. So I've been running my race with Jesus for 40 years. I've been running this, this 
but one lap a year. And at Faith Promise, I have run 26 laps, or I've been the senior pastor here for the last 26 years. And so, uh, so what I wanna do is, is help you understand how I got to where I got. So at 1982, 22 years of age, I get saved, <clears throat> ravenous, hungry, just eating up turf for the Lord, radically saved. Within a year after, less than a year after salvation, I was on staff at the church. I was a student pastor. And, and so I'm, I'm looking to learn. I wanna learn from the best. If you're gonna learn, go to the best. Are you with me? If it's money manager, talk to somebody's got some money. You know, and so I start looking at the greatest churches in America, winning more people, growing. I start going to those churches. I download, well, you didn't download Jack. You bought cassette tapes back then. But I, uh, uh, I, had, I got all of their content. I listened to all their messages, read all their books, went to their conferences uh, and learned so much. These guys were building the greatest churches in America. But then there was a problem. They're running their race. Are you with me? And when it came time to pass the baton, they held it and they kept running. See, in a relay race, there is a box, a zone that the baton must be passed in. And if you do not pass the baton in the box, you're decubed from the race. Are you with me? I don't care how fast you are. You drop the baton, you're out. You don't make the pass, you're out. We're, we're the legal part of the pass. Those guys chose to run past and hold that baton. Because of that, when they finally retired, all their churches that had been the fastest growing churches in America, see, here's where you pass the baton. They pass the baton right there. Are you with me? And that is a horrible place. Who can stop that dropping out of the bottom on the roller coaster? So I made a commitment 20 something years ago. Lord, it's your church, it's not mine. I will never stay past the peak of my maximum impact. Are you with me? Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 18, I would, it's my will, it's my desire for you that you bear much fruit. See, we, people think, oh, God just wants me to be faithful. No, God wants you to be fruitful. And you can't be fruitful if you're not faithful. And so I would that you bear much fruit and that your fruit should remain. Because those incredible men of God held the baton too long, their fruit did not remain. And so what happens in America, 99.9% .9 of all churches are what I call a one generation church. Either a church gets planted, new pastor come, fire of God falls, revival breaks out, build buildings, do whatever you're gonna do, and then that guy leaves, retires, gets hit by a bus, and we spend the next 50 years talking about how great it was when old brother so-and-so was here. Have y'all seen that? Happens in the business world, happens in the sacred world. All those churches that I talked about, that I learned from in the 80s are all a mere shadow of what they were two generations ago. All of them living on the great old days of the 70s and the 80s. By the way, the 70s were half a century ago. God's name's not I used to be. God's name is I am. 
He said, listen, you don't keep old manna. We want new manna. We want new oil. We want fresh wind. We want a new move of God. We want revival today, not what God did 25 years ago. There's a generation to win and a kingdom of God to advance. Come on, if you're listening, say I am. Come on, this is critical. So this weekend and in this series of our new vision, new values, not only have we celebrated some of what God has done in the past, but we're spending more time celebrating what God is going to do in the future as we pass the baton to the next generation. Are you with me? And man, we have got another generation rising up at Faith Promise that are radical Jesus lovers. Y'all with me? Father God, we come to you and we know this is your church, it's your Bible, it's your Holy Spirit, it's your vision. And God, this is a critical juncture in the life of Faith Promise Church. And Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable unto you, my rock and my redeemer. I pray, for, I pray for extreme clarity, Father. And I pray not only for clarity for my words, but I pray not for the gift of tongues, but the gift of ears. I pray people hear clearly where we're going and why we're going there. I pray for supernatural buy-in this weekend for the next 25 years of Faith Promise Church if you tear your coming, Lord Jesus. So open our minds, open our hearts, and let us hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, come on, welcome Faith Promise, all of our campuses, super stoked, Anderson, Farragut, Man, God behind bars, whenever, wherever you're listening to this message, we're excited and you picked an incredible time to be with us. If you miss any one of these messages, love God, love people, discover your purpose and win your world, I want to encourage you to go back this month to download it as free and catch up. Now, last weekend, just tell you where we are, last weekend, we had the greatest number of people in next steps than we've had in the history of Faith Promise Church. Come on, somebody. Yes, sir. Every campus. Somebody out of Anderson had to move out of the room and go to a bigger room. It's in, it is incredible. Why? Because people are wanting to know how to love God, how I love other people, how I discover my purpose, and how I win my world. God is his breathing back the Spirit of God into the sails and faith promise is about to sail off the map in the next generation. Come on, somebody give our King a shout of praise this weekend. And so God is at work transforming us. That's our word for this year. And then we're just, and so if we wanna keep being transformed, we gotta keep climbing in the hands that hold us because the hands that hold us mold us. And God is moving forward. So, so now, go back to the story. 20-something years ago, I committed I wouldn't stay past my peak prime in ministry, right? Got that. Five years ago, Faith Promise hit a wall. I'm talking about wham. We've been just experiencing 20-something years of just boom, chicka-boom, chicka-boom, adding campuses, baptizing more and more people, rocking. It was, listen, it was the most incredible ride that anybody has ever been on. But then, pow, 2017, at about a little over 7,000, we hit a wall. We prayed, we fasted, we didn't know why we hit that wall. 
We sought the Lord. I brought consultants in, some of my mentors. I brought Chris Hodges and Coach Mullins and other great men of God in. We did all these things to try to figure out why did we hit a wall? Well, about that season in our, in our life, Josh Whitehead was doing some consulting with Leadership Network, which was one of the greatest leadership ministries in America. They understood all the data, all growing churches. They were incredible. And so Josh runs into the president of Leadership Network at the Orlando airport. They're sitting there in the terminal waiting on flights. And, and so the, the president says, hey, Josh, how's Faith Promise doing? He's so excited to ask. Man, we have just hit a wall at a little over 7,000, and we're not sure what to do. And this is what he asked. How old is Chris? He said, well, he's 57. Well, there's your problem. He's too old. Now, I don't have feelings, but I have a feeling, and he heard it. He heard my feeling. So Josh, and you all know Pastor Josh, we call him Mr. Compassionate, the love doctor here at Faith Promise Church. And so Josh comes home. I just finished the third service of Pellissippi and Josh said, hey, I got it all figured out. You're too old. <laughs> so he tells me the story. Now he's such a Vulcan, he's worse than I am. He doesn't even realize he hurt my feeling. And so I go home, can't eat lunch, stomach hurting, I go to the home office, lock the door. Nobody bother me. They're down there eating steak. I'm upstairs sick. So I start research. I mean, I'm digging in. I'm digging in. I'm digging in. Now, remember, Leadership Network's got the best demographics in America. No reason fighting with it, but I was going to anyway. So I went to the top 100 fast-growing churches. I looked at all the churches that ran 5,000, super large or larger, who were growing with a senior pastor that was 60 or older. I looked at every church. You know how many I found that were growing? Zero. What'd Paul say? I run in such a way as to win. Now, remember my promise I made to God decades ago? Father, it's your church. I will never stay past the peak of my prime in ministry and in, my, in the role as a senior pastor. Now, I understand my whole life, since I've been saved, all I ever want to do, all I ever want to be was a senior pastor of a movement. But Jesus is the head of his church. And I will never be the reason ever that Faith Promise slows in its redemptive outreach into this world. Are y'all with me? Man, he is the king, the head. He calls the shots. So, I met with the elders. I had already told them through the years that, hey, guys, I'm not staying past my peak of performance. It's not going to do it. So I said to the elders, hey, it's time for us to put a transition plan together. And they all said, hooey. It's a Hebrew word for no. <laughs> hooey. Because look at me. I'm hip. I'm young. I'm suave. I mean, I come on, somebody. And so, so... <laughs> They said, that's crazy. Now, you know one of the reasons pastors stay too long is because everybody around them is their age. So when you look at a bunch of six-year-olds and say, 60's old, they say, you're crazy. You're young. 
But when you're 60 in a room with 22-year-olds, they say, you're old. <laughs> Are you with me? It's all relative. Come on. So, so, we, we, so we began this journey. Now, let, you, let me back up a couple of verses before the, the paragraph I just read you out of 1 Corinthians 9. This is Paul. Though I am free from all men, I have made myself a slave to all so that I may what? Win more. So I may win more. That I may win the Jews. Now, Paul said, I'm free. I'm free. And for 26 years, you have given me incredible latitude in leading the way that I believe God wanted us to go. Matter of fact, not very few pastors have ever had the freedom that you have given me, of which I am extraordinarily I'm extraordinarily thankful. But again, remember, it's Jesus' church and he matters more. Are you with me? So even though I'm free, even though I can pastor till I'm 70 or 75, and I know a lot of guys that are pastoring super large churches are 70, 75, and every one of them is pouring people out, not in, out. I'll never do that. Paul said, to the Jews I became a Jew so that I might what? When Jews, to those who are under the law, as under the law, though not being myself under the law, so that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without the law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I might what? Win those who are without the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, so that I by all means save some. The gospel has got to go forward. The kingdom has got to advance. Are you with me? Paul said, I do all things for the sake of the gospel so that I will become a fellow partaker of it. It is the kingdom. Jesus is the head. The church must move. We've loved some great seasons, but let me tell you, we've got to win more. We've got to be more. It's not about Chris. It's about Christ. It's not about Stevens. It's about the spirit. It is about God's church and us moving forward and reaching another generation, seeing God break forth in revival. That's what matters more. That's just the deal. So Paul said, I do all things for the sake of the gospel. See, that's what our new vision's all about, our new vase to win the world. Your world, starting with 1% of the state of Tennessee. So if you missed it again, go back and check it out. So now, 20 years ago, I began to train three different men who one of those three men could potentially be the next senior pastor. Because again, I made a commitment I wasn't gonna stay past prime. Are y'all with me? So I make that commitment. I began to train three men, none of which knew what I was doing. I just began walking with those three guys of who would I, as the senior pastor, the only senior pastor Faith Promise ever had, who would I pass this baton to? But Jesus is the head and Jesus gets the final word in how that works. So we began discussing five years ago who potentially could be the next senior pastor. I brought in mentors, some of the greatest pastors in America, some guys who have poured into me. We let them speak into it. The elders and I met year after year discussing this and, and we began to move into agreement of what we would do. Firmly convinced through much fasting and prayer 
about how we would transfer this baton. Now, in a relay race, and I'm not an athlete, so Michelle to tell me this. In a relay race, you're running, and then you hit the passing zone, where you have to pass inside the zone or you're DQ'd. Are you with me? Is the guy or the gal that you're passing the baton to, baton to standing still? No, when you get to them, they've got to be at peak speed. You're at peak speed. So I'm at peak speed. And 14 years ago, we had this curly-headed dude who was a part-time janitor cleaning pee off the slides. And then a part-time student pastor, full-time, then became the global student pastor, then planted the Farragut campus and went back to the Blunt campus. Elders, can I tell you, believe that we're gonna pass the baton to Pastor Zach Stevens to be the next senior pastor at Faith Promise Church. Come on, somebody. Well, every campus, come on. Yes. Now in the middle of those, those years, the elders said, okay, you need to put a plan together. So I put a three-year plan together and we, walked, we began that three-year plan two years ago and two weeks. We launched it August 1, two years ago. The elders were not ready to say that Pastor Zach would be the guy. I don't have the authority of appointing my successor. The elders do. And so... With, we had been talking, I said, okay, here's the three-year plan. And they gave all these, the things they wanted Pastor Zach to do. We wanted to finish college. We wanted to get his master's seminary. We wanted him to strengthen here. We wanted him to strengthen here. And we began to put that, and Zach humbly submitted to everything the elders asked him to do and, and just continued clicking it off. So about 18 months in, which is four or five months ago, the elders said, hey, we believe, now what I would do is always recuse myself. Whenever the elders are gonna discuss Pastor Zach, Pastor Josh led it. Because I didn't want anybody to hold off, I wanted everybody to speak freely. And so I was not involved at all in it. So Pastor Josh leading that team, and they came back and they said, we're good for Pastor Zach to be the next. So that happened a few months ago. And then we decided this month to tell the whole church and let you know what's going on. So that's where we are. Now, we were going to co-pastor, but the elders said, hey, we think that will be a little uh, confusing. So we want you to continue the last year as a senior pastor, good with me. And so the first year, I did 70% of the preaching, Pastor Zach did 30. The last, this past year, it was 50-50. This next year, it'll be about 60-40, heavily weighted on Pastor Zach. If you're driving a bass boat at 60, you could spin that thing on a dime. But if you're piloting a cruise ship, you try to spin a cruise ship on a dime and you're gonna dump people overboard. And we don't wanna dump anybody overboard. We want you to be here with us through this process and help us reach the next generation. We think that's part of your purpose. So we have purposely steered this ship very slowly, very slowly, until next August, we'll be having a big weekend. John Maxwell's coming in. Some of our heroes are coming in. It'll be an official passing the baton. And then Zach will, Pastor Zach will be the senior pastor. Now, I want you to hear something. If you're listening, say, I am. I am not retiring. I'm not what? Come on, there we go, yeah. I am not retiring. I'm not what? I am repositioning. I'm what? 
I am not. I am. I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna be right here. Are you with me? I'm gonna be right here on the team. Hey, I'm not dead. I'm still running. Are you with me? See, listen, my assignment as senior pastor of Faith Promise is not my purpose. My purpose is to advance the kingdom of God through his church by winning 1% of the state of Tennessee. So my, my, my current position is not my calling. My colleagues advance the gospel. So I'm running. I'm not dead. I'm going to run to the day I die. I'm going to keep running. Are you, are you with me? I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep running. What did Paul say? Don't you know that all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. I'm running to win. I'm running to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep running right here at Faith Promise. I'm going to run and I'm going to help Pastor Zach win. I'm going to keep running. I'm going to help you win. We're going to help the next generation win. Come on. And we're going to keep running. We're going to run. When I came, did I do this in the service? Did I show you these shoes? Okay, after enough services, you don't know where you are. <laughs> or maybe at 62. But anyway, when I came, I'm sorry for 62. Um, I'm just kidding. When, you, when, when this church started before Michelle and I got here, we got here 18 months in. We're the only senior pastors Faith Promise ever had. And when they said, we want you to come take this movement over, I said, if I come, everybody there's going to get a new pair of white running shoes. First weekend we came, senior pastors, everybody in the church had a new pair of shoes, white running shoes. And Tom Conley got me these. He goes to my Anderson campus. He and his wife, Dad, have been here since day one. They're founders. He got me these to remember. Let me tell you, running was not just for the founders. We all need to keep running, amen? So let me tell you what I'm gonna do. I will, again, I won't preach as much, I'll preach because after that day, Pastor Zach will become the pastor, he'll be mine and Michelle's pastor, and I'll preach when he asks me to. Now, if it goes a long time, you don't see me, send him an email, say, hey, we hadn't heard from Dr. Big Daddy lately. So, because <laughs> the elders asked me, they said, what do you wanna be called? I said, I don't need a title. They said, you need a title. I sort of like Dr. Big Daddy. So let Zach know if you hadn't heard me that with Dr. Big Daddy. There we go. Yes, sir, baby, right there. Dr. Big Daddy. So, I don't know who did that, but you need a raise. And so, and, and so I am going to take over stewardship. I'm going to take over stewardship, and I'm going to work with the kingdom builders. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a group of 30 couples, 30 business owners, and we are gonna meet and we are gonna pray for each other's business every day. Thank you, Zach Hunley, for this incredible idea. Uh, on vacation, Zach Hunley talked about his company tithing and man, it just rocked my world. And that's how I got this revelation was because of Zach Hunley. And, uh, and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray for each other's business every day, every day, every day, every day. And God's gonna add multi-million dollar contracts onto those business. So we're gonna pay the debt off for the next generation in 26 to 36 months. Come on, can y'all get behind that? So, because when you, when you move into that giving, it changes things. 
when Zach Kelly said, hey, we, we decided, me and my dad, to start tithing our business, we got the largest contracts we've ever gotten. Now, can God pay the debt off of faith promise? Sure he can. He's just gonna give business owners are gonna, are gonna get multi-million dollar contracts and you're gonna give the biggest part of that multi-million dollar contract to Jesus we're gonna pay his debt off. If that lights your fire, you're a business owner, if you'll let Jody Kenyon, my assistant, know or you'll let me know or send me an email, we'll put you in because later at the end of this year, next year, we'll begin building that team. But we wanna set the next generation up. I'm committed to the vision. I've never been more pumped or excited about faith promise or the future. I believe we're gonna win the next generation. We've already got some of the most committed, dedicated young adults I've ever seen anywhere. Their numbers are gonna increase. And if you're a senior, you say, what about me? Listen, when we have thousands of young people who weren't parented, who didn't grow up as believers and who got saved, they're gonna need some senior saints who know how to stay married. They're gonna need some senior saints who know how to balance a, well, I don't check book anymore, but a bank account. We need, we need adults who are mature. He can show them how to love their kids. Are y'all with me? So senior saints, when I say next generation, don't think I'm done. You're gonna kick it into overtime. You're gonna move to the next level. We're gonna be multi-generational. Next generation, revival. We're gonna run this race. We're gonna win. We're gonna honor Jesus. We're gonna see God move. We're gonna see miracles. We're gonna see God rally his army. Come on, somebody give Jesus a shout of praise in the house. So, that's where we're going. I can sign up for that. Can some of y'all? We're gonna run that we might win. And maybe you're here and you say, man, I need started this race. I'm not sure what you're talking about. 40 years ago, I joined this race with Jesus the greatest, greatest move I've ever made. I'm a satisfied customer. If you hadn't met him, his door's about to be open. Father God, would you knit our hearts together at Faith Promise? Would you unite us in vision and in purpose? God, would you light a fire? God, I pray uh, for no drama. I pray for supernatural buy-in. I pray that we, we get it. It's not about Chris, it's about Christ. God, build your church and use us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,